Hey, 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 and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Guys, you've made it. You're arrived. You're here at Insurance Town. We've got a great episode today with my main man, Scott Webb, the refluencer. And you're thinking, what is a refluencer? You're about to find out. So stay tuned. Um, let me uh, pay some bills, as they say in the biz. <laughs> I got to thank some sponsors. So we'll start off with my good friends over at Smart Choice. They are a great, great addition to your team, whether you're looking for one market or 10 markets or a million markets, or if you're just looking for a good partner for your agency, uh, you need to reach out to Smart Choice. Go to smartchoiceagents.com. They don't have annual fees. They don't have setup fees. They work off a commission split, and they also help you in some also really unique ways. One of those being they help you lower premium uh, thresholds and volume uh, requirements. They also help you by giving you higher commissions, and they just do a great job. They just want to help you to be successful as quickly as possible. So whether you're a startup or you've been an agency for 20 years in existence, reach out to smartchoiceagents.com. Calm. Tell them the mayor sent you. Also, I got to talk to you about my friends over at Canopy Connect. They were my first sponsor, uh, my first love on the show, and uh, I'm so thankful they're still with me this many years later and this many episodes later. And I just love working with Tolga and his team over at Canopy Connect. They do a great job. In fact, I got an email this weekend from one of you that just said thank you so much for hooking me up with Canopy Connect and for talking about them on the show. They are everything you talked about on your ad and more. And I know that makes Tolga and Robert and Casey and the whole team over there happy to hear that. So I wanted to put that on this episode. Tolga, you hear that? You're doing great. Keep going, buddy. Anyhow, uh, I can't wait uh, for you guys to find out about them. Go to usecanopy.com backslash Heath. Please check it out. And, um, you know, guys, I want to get to this episode because uh, this ties directly into that. And uh, Scott Webb and I talk about uh, the client experience. We talk about referral partnerships. We talk about looking at your clients from more than just a a number or more than just uh, a, a prospect, but a relationship. And we talk about uh, what that looks like and how to uh, create a great client experience for your customers. And we talk about building relationships with referral partners. It's a great episode. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Scott Webb. My main man, Scott. How you doing, brother? Hey, Heath. Uh, just FYI, before we get going, I have super beard envy. Oh, there you go. Man, I appreciate that. Uh, you had me scared there for a minute when you said, uh, before we get started, I was like, uh-oh, what's going on here? Um, because I see you're out there at a Starbucks somewhere in Colorado, I'm guessing. So I didn't know if you were about to tell me that the Wi-Fi was wrong, something was going on, or you burnt your tongue on the coffee. I didn't know what was going no, on. No, no, it's iced coffee day. It's uh, going to be 81, and uh, yeah, it's beautiful. But in Colorado, um, just FYI, when it says 81, which sounds like, for most people, really cool, the sun is like a microwave here. So literally... It's even if it's seventies and you're in the sun, you just start cooking. So yeah. it, when you're in the South and the Midwest, you got all that humidity. So you just kind of, you know, you kind of slow bake. <laughs> yeah, this is very true. We definitely slow bake and we end up melting most of the time just because, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's so much moisture. It's ridiculous out there. So, um, yeah. So, uh, are you from, let me ask you, are you from Colorado? Is that where you live? Is that home? Uh, yeah. So down, uh, down south, 
Um, but uh, and we'll we'll jump into this in another episode. But uh, we're uh, uh, fixing to hit the road with an NFT project um, uh, nice. here this summer. So, uh, but Colorado will always be our base. Nice work. Okay, so that being said. Uh, my audience loves it when we uh, hear a little backstory. So let's take a walk down memory lane. And I want to hear about, you know, Scott Webb. I want my audience to hear about Scott Webb, who you are. Go back as far as you want. Lead me up to where you are today before we dive into some good content. Okay. Uh, so first of all, the dis- disclosure is I never planned on living this long. <laughs> so with that, with that being said, um, I've been an entrepreneur since I was uh, very, very young um, and just love creating stuff. I love building stuff. I love helping people build and create for themselves. And um, not that I have anything against uh, nine to five or corporate because I've done both. Um, it's just the entrepreneurial lifestyle. And, you know, right now I've been able to build a business that uh, with my smartphone and my laptop, I'm connected to everything and everybody I want to be connected to. Um but uh, yeah, so always been into some type of digital something since the uh, early 90s. I built my first website, realized that the internet was a thing. Um, and even still, uh, not so much now, but even go back 2010, I'd still talk to some people that were like, oh, the internet's a fad. <laughs> and so, um, but uh, yeah, it's just the, this whole digital world, um, I pretty much live, eat and breathe it. And, uh, um, but I have gotten more into teaching and, uh, uh helping people, uh, learn how to fish versus fishing. Uh, cause I used to have an, a- an ad agency, a digital ad agency, and we did, did it all, uh, uh, Facebook ads, email marketing, uh, you know, e-commerce, uh, funnels, everything. And now I'm into more, uh, here, let me, let me teach you how to fish versus fish for you. So, um, which I love that. Uh, I still have some clients uh, that asked me to fish for them, uh, but they're, they're becoming few and far between. So that is uh, in a nutshell, uh, kind of my history. And, um, and, and I'll, let me just throw this in for relevance. Um, a lot of talk about recession going on, uh, economy downturn, this, that, and the other. When you get my age and um, one day you'll be my age, Heath, they, you understand that this is all cyclical. And so it just, it comes, it goes, it comes in waves. People, you can either take advantage of it or you can recede, hide, find a cave and wait for it to, you know, to blow over. But um, I, I actually relish opportunities when, when people are starting to go, uh, holy crap, we have to, you know, we can't do anything like we used to anymore. So I think it wakes people up. Yeah. I mean, I think you're exactly right. So as people are listening to this and they're, and they're wanting to know, okay, that guy sounds really cool, but what does he actually do? Sales and marketing are, are in my world, you know, they're, they're brother and sister and you, you can't do one without the other. And, um, you know, so you can be really good at marketing, but if you don't know how to close the deal, then who cares, right? You can be right. really good at marketing, but if you don't have any traffic and anybody, you know, reaching out to you, then, you know, you're in the same boat. Uh, so I work with primarily... Uh, businesses and um, companies in the finance space. So we have financial advisors as clients, of insurance uh, reps as clients. I have, um, you know, some. I have an annuity company as a client, um, and um, I don't do anything with e-commerce anymore. Um, you know, so it's not about you know, can I sell a product online and get somebody to click on it at two a.m. But also too, 
if you are in a, a financial professional, you can get somebody to click on you at 2 a.m. It's just how you, you know, position yourself, right? And right. if you're only if you're only available from nine to five, um, and uh, you just leave a lot of money on the table. So I help my clients build systems and processes around their existing client base. So instead of trying to go out and say, "Hey, can I? Should I master TikTok? Should I master uh, Instagram? Should I master Facebook?" I'm like, "Well, have you mastered your existing clients? Are you giving all you can to them?" Because I found that if you do that, they're going to hand you and feed you a ton of new business. Um, but most people think of referrals or getting any kind of recommendations as gravy. To me, I believe it's it can be all of your business. And then the yeah, new no. the chasing the new stuff, yeah. that's the gravy. Yeah, I, I, I love that approach. I think that's a unique approach that a lot of people don't think of. I mean, you, you think when you say it out loud, you're like, oh, yeah, but... A lot of people don't think of it that way, you know, and they want to chase the new business or a lot of insurance agents that I work with, they incentivize heavily on new business right. and not as much on the back end uh, dealing in, like, in commissions or incentives on the renewal side of things. And a lot of times you see their retentions a lot lower than your average agent um, that does focus on that. And so I think you're right on that. And you and I uh, both share uh, the same feelings and thoughts on relationships. I have preached since the day I started this podcast on relationships <laughs> and, you know, I focus heavily in, in my whole, um, my whole career I, is dedicated and I owe a lot of my career to the relationships I've got in this industry and being the self-elected mayor of insurance town. A lot of that goes <laughs> back. A lot of that goes back to my relationships I've built over the years and being a second generation insurance professional and consulting with agencies now. So that being said, I know, you know, you talk about sales and marketing being brother, sister, and I agree with that. And in our world that we live in now, and you talked social media earlier, there's a lot of buzz and a lot of talk around influencers. There's a lot of people, even in our space and in insurance, you've got the, the uh, insurance influencers or the the insurance famous people that, you know, I, I can't stand that, you know, terminology, so to speak, but there are that. And I guess it's probably like that right. in any industry, but within our industry, there's a handful if not, you know, a little larger handful, maybe a dozen or more that are like the insurance famous, the influencers in our space. Are you and, talking to Jake from State Farm? <laughs> yeah, that could be one of them. But no, I guess within more <laughs> of our industry, in our insurance sure. uh, dependent space, there's some names that pop out. And I won't say any just because I don't want to feed their egos any more than they already have. Ha, just kidding, guys. But I do, I think that there's a reason, you know, that there is that. But one of the things I bring that up for is because, you know, there's a cool story about you that I wanted you to share. Because one of the things, you know, you are the founder of a company called Refluencer, which I've heard of Influencer, and, you know, I, but I haven't heard of Refluencer. And so I would love to hear a little bit about that, how you came to that. What does it mean to be a refluencer? Kind of give me the origin of that and then a little bit of, of where that is now. Yeah, no, uh, thanks for asking. Um, so first of all, it was I was dubbed this by a client. So I didn't wake up one day and go, hey, I, just, I think I'm going to try and be a refluencer today. But everything I preach is about, and, and revenue generating overall is about relationships. Relationships are currency. And the stronger the relationships are, the deeper the relationships are, uh, you will never have to fight for a lead. You will never have to go scrambling and begging and you know doing a lot of things that a lot of people do because they don't focus on the relationship. So the re and the relationships and then referrals, recommendations, revenue. Uh, so I preach about 
a lot of those things. And one of my clients, he's like, uh, dude, I can't go on LinkedIn for five minutes without seeing six of your posts. And first of all, I'm not that frequent on LinkedIn. I post, you know, once a day, maybe. Um, but he said, you know, you're like the refluencer. You're like the, you're like Justin Bieber of LinkedIn. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I, I think there's a compliment in there. Um, so anyways, but that, that term, <laughs> right. Uh, refluencer kind of stuck. And so I've kind of latched onto that because to me, it's a philosophy, not necessarily, a, you know, it's, it's, I wouldn't categorize myself as an influencer by any, any stretch, but, um, an influencer is somebody that, uh, goes out and gets people to strangers to try new things. That's what an influencer does. And, but it's all built on a trust model. Well, the refluencer goes out and gets all the things that already exist to try new things all built on a trust model. So it's really the focus on the existing versus the new. And that's where the re comes in. Uh, so, yeah, so I've adopted that. I have a, um, uh, a refluencer um, coaching program I'm working on that uh, falls into Apple Orchard. But um, if somebody is interested in understanding what it takes to be a refluencer, I'm trying to build some stuff on that. But uh, uh, yeah, so it's really a nickname that's just kind of stuck. That's all. Yeah. And going back to what I just talked about a minute ago, it's, it's based, what it sounds like to me, it's based a lot on that relationship and about growing that relationship more than it is, you know, being a, a celebrity or an influencer or sure. that intent there. And so uh, I just thought that was fascinating when I saw the whole refluencer uh, thing. And so um, you know, that to me is an interesting, uh, tagline there. And so I think that's pretty cool. And so, um, you know, as I, as I've gotten to know you through, through LinkedIn, which is funny, you say you don't post that much on LinkedIn, but you know, I've, I've followed you a little bit on LinkedIn and we've become, you know, acquainted there. And so, you know, one of the things that you and I had talked about and just some, you know, private texts and some, you know, um, conversations we've had, uh, offline a little bit was, um, you know, you, uh, you believe, you know, as you mentioned earlier about, you know, building the relationships with your clients, focusing on that relationship aspect, the client experience being just as important as, you know, bringing them in the door. And so many agencies, so many salespeople in general, they focus so hard on getting the sale, whether it's insurance, real estate, whatever other business you work with, that they forget about the customer experience afterwards. Right. Yeah. I, I would, I would even go as far to say, um, so Apple Orchard was born out of uh, working with a client that had a legacy business. They do several million dollars a year in revenue. And he came to me saying he needed fresh meat. That was his terms. I mean, that was the terminology he used. He referred to his client base as fresh meat. And I said, well, how many, how many customers have you actually served? And he says, I don't know, like 2,500, maybe 3,000. I said, well, that's that's a pretty good customer base and you're doing 5 million a year. And I uh, said, so what do you do with all those existing customers? He's like, what do you mean? They already bought. I need new people to buy stuff. And I said, okay. And I, I appreciate that. I said, but when's the last time you sent your existing customer, those 3000 people an email? He's like, well, they get a statement every quarter. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yay, a statement. Exciting. That's a great way. So I said, what would happen if you actually just touched base with those people and asked how they were doing and maybe sent out a survey, checked in on them and not tried to pitch them anything? He's like, I don't know. I've never done that. Um, so we grew his revenue from 60 in one channel from 68,000 to 600,000 in nine months because he started re-engaging. So there's the re again. He started re-engaging um, his uh, customer base. And uh, at that point, it was all bets are off on 
how to do marketing for him. Yeah, I, I think within the insurance space, it's it's something that we as as agents, we as you know, the industry need to do the same in our own book because there's so much gold out there and there's so much within our own book as far as cross-selling and upselling and looking for opportunities to increase coverages or better themselves by having this or that uh, that you can offer them. And I think so many people in our industry don't focus on that as they should, or, you know, they're too busy focusing on the negatives uh, and so many things right. like you mentioned earlier with inflation, or we've got this going on, or my customer's calling and saying, you know, uh, your rates are going up or this is going up. Well, I, I like to look at that and talk to people about, why don't you be proactive? As you just talked about with your other customer, let's be proactive. Let's make those phone calls. Let's talk to them ahead of time and say, hey, we understand this is going on. We want to take a look at stuff. You know, let's look at some other options out there, whatever it might be. Let's be proactive instead of reactive. Uh, absolutely. Yep. So no, I've, I, I've, yeah. I, I was just going to add too that uh, one of the things that is a huge, if I have this, I'll probably have this engraved on my tombstone, but. Uh, actually, I'm going to get cremated, so it'll just be the little tag that goes on the urn. But <laughs> the the guy sitting in front of you is not necessarily always has to be your customer, or you have to think of that person. I've got to sell this person. I've got to close this person. And what I see so many businesses do, so many business owners, uh, salespeople, if you if you even want to label yourself that, is they think that the guy that they are talking to at that moment has to be the dude they move into the funnel. And what I found is that just by starting conversations, you can very quickly discern if that person absolutely could or, or may not be qualified, but I'm not even interested in selling that guy. What I'm interested in is selling that guy on me enough, not to necessarily for him to buy my product, but he's like, hey, I met this guy at Starbucks or whatever out on the road or this, that, and the other. And he does this. It's really interesting. You should check him out. And so now he's telling other people about me because I'm not so hard on that guy trying to sell my business or, or to close him or to get him to buy something. I just wanted to buy into me. Like, can I build some trust? Do we, do we, could, you know, could we be on a deserted Island together? Cool. <laughs> and then at least I've created some opportunities now, you know, where I could be referred, where, I see so many people, they look at the guy sitting across from me like, well, I'm not going to talk to this guy. He, you know, he, he'll never buy from me or he's not qualified. Who cares? Start conversations. That dude's already connected to somebody that will buy from you. That's a huge one for me. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a, a good point uh, because I think you're right. A lot of times we we miss out on opportunities because we're so focused on what's right in front of us. And right. You know, I think there's so much to be said in our industry for referrals and for, you know, gaining those referral partnerships. And no matter what that looks like, whether they're referring you 100 clients a day or your next client. Right. Yeah. Just be recommendable. I tell people that. Don't worry about being referable right now. Just be recommendable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. So uh, talk to me about, okay, um, you know, as far as that goes, going back to, uh, you know, nurturing your existing clients. Um, tell me a little bit more about that. You you talk about, you preach that, uh, what, what percentage should be on nurturing versus, um, you know, going out and doing cold outreach? Uh, I call I say 90-10. Okay. So 90, 90% of your time, energy, resources, and that I'm, I'm talking your marketing dollars, your budget. You know, a lot of guys are like, well, you know, my, uh, uh, I need a new website. I'm like, do you, or, or could you spend that money on, 
on your existing clients? Could you spend, spend that money on outreach? Could you do something, like you said earlier, uh, uh, you know, helping them fall in love with you a little bit deeper? Could you do something in, you know, an event where you bring your clients uh, uh, together? You know, how about, how about even just connecting the people you work with with the other people you work with, like being the connector? So even spending time, energy, resources um, on that. Um, and I built a, a framework called Apple Orchard, which is um, all based on your top 58. And I show in that framework, and it's free, by the way. Um, I don't charge anybody for it. You can go get, you can download the entire framework. It's actually got a 26-page workbook that goes with it. If you do what's inside of that workbook, uh, you'll never have to hire me or anybody to, to help you build sales. Um, but it's your top 58. These are the 58 most influential people in your life. That includes your business uh, clients, that includes your advocates, that's ambassadors, uh, circle of influence. And I'll just put this out there. Everything's an MLM, by the way, I believe. Everything's an MLM. So people are like, well, this sounds too MLM-ish. Well, everything in life is MLM. <laughs> Every business that wants your dollar is all trying to expand on the people they already know. Okay. So if you're, if you're too embarrassed to ask your friends or family members uh, to do business with you, you should rethink that. And um, I just know, and, and, but for me personally, in my top 58 are no family members, no friends, you know, close friends, no church mates, no neighbors. So you can build an enormous orchard of people uh, without having to necessarily feel like you have to tap into friends, families, and church mates, which, um, I know some people have a lot of uh, uh, apprehension about that, but I'm just saying you should be so sold on what you do that it provides value that you'd sell it to your next door neighbor's dog if they if, if you had the ability to to swipe and hit purchase on an iPhone. Right. Okay. Hey guys, we're at a mid-roll ad. I hate to break in on this awesome podcast, but I need to right now to talk to you about my good friends over at Coverdesk. They are a phenomenal solution to your hiring problems. They come in and uh, they bring you another solution to your hiring problem. And that is virtual assistants. Andy Priestman and his team over at CoverDesk have done a phenomenal job of training staff to come into your agency and take on some tasks so that you can focus on what you do best, which is building relationships, selling clients, servicing clients. And they come in and do the endorsements. And they come in and they can help you with quoting or they can help you with uh, certificates of insurance, whatever it might be. Virtual assistants are a great solution and a great addition to your team. I personally have gotten the opportunity to work with several virtual assistants from CoverDesk and they do a phenomenal job. They come right in. They're just a part of the team and they help us to do what we do best. Guys, CoverDesk.com. Tell them the mayor sent you. Also, my friends over at Agency Performance Partners. They are a wonderful solution to helping you grow your agency. They work with agencies and carriers and uh, other insurance professionals just like you to solve the industry's biggest challenges. And those challenges can be your people. They're so busy that they can't get some stuff done or they don't have the processes enabled to, to help them to be more efficient with their time. Or there's not a sales process out there for them to follow so they are not tracking their sales properly, or they're not uh, prospecting properly, or they're not closing as many deals as they could be. Uh, another you know, challenge that we see out there that Agency Performance Partners is able to help with 
is retention. Are your retention numbers shrinking? Uh, are your retention numbers not where you want them to be? And you can stand to have a couple more points on that. Reach out to agency performance partners and sign up for their Apex retention course. All these courses can be done uh, virtually. They can be done on a do-it-yourself model or live. Go to agencyperformancepartners.com, check out the website, and uh, find out how you can get them on your team today. Now let's get back to the show. And uh, I, I can't help but be distracted by Cher playing in the background there. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's Starbucks. I don't know if the audience will be able to hear that in the background, but uh, it's just funny to me to hear. Uh, do you believe in I like right? to have a soundtrack? Yeah, there you go. And share is a good one. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I think you're right. Cause I remember when I first got uh, in the industry, um, you know, I, I was working with my dad and he had uh, some people that were working with me and training me. And, and, you know, the first person I worked with was like, why don't you write down, you know, 200 of your closest friends and family and go after them. You know, and it was like, okay. Uh, and some people still do that model. So if you still do that, it's fine. But I like that you said, you know, it doesn't have to be that. And yours personally is not that. I, I'd be right. interested to know though, 58, is that, is there a science behind that number? Um, so you've heard, you've heard the, the adage that the average person knows 250 people. That is statistically, that's a, uh, an actual statistic that the average person has 250 people. Um, you know, people in their circle of influence and, you know, whether it's colleagues, uh, family members, whatever. So if you have 250 people and they know 250 people, we'll multiply 250 by 250. It's 63,500 people. Do you think you can build a very profitable business off of 63,500 people? Most people say yes. Yeah. So it is. So, but it's also very overwhelming for, very, for a lot of people. So I break it into two, your top eight and your top 50. So your top okay. eight are the people that actually move the needle for you. These are referrals, these people, and you know who they are. Uh, if you don't know who they are, then you need to download the framework because those people are the ones that send you the most referrals. And even if they're not clients, not everyone has to be a client. I mean, I have people in my life who send me referrals all the time and they work in corporate, right? They would never be a client of mine, but they believe in my success. They root for my success. They support me. Um, and those are my top eight. And then from there, your top 50. Who are those 50 people next in line that if you just educated a little bit would help you move the needle? So then uh, you can build, you can print as many of these out. You don't even need my sheet. You can use a, a, a notepad or an Excel spreadsheet or Google Sheets. I don't care. The point is, Start with the top 58 and then build from there. Um, and once you do that, you real, you start connecting the dots and realizing, holy crap, this person knows this person that knows this person. Or this person is a tree and he's got a list of 1,500 clients. If I just nurtured my relationship with that guy a little bit, I'd get access to his list. And so people are like, well, how do you do that? I don't know. Invite him on to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think there's a lot to be unpacked there. And, and I kind of wanted to see if you could, uh, you know, let's break it down a little bit even further into the weeds a little bit and give some practical advice maybe here for insurance agents listening or, you know, carrier reps or underwriters, whoever is listening now, how let's talk about some nuts and bolts of how they could get started on building that if they don't have that pipeline. Now, a lot of people do. They may have four or five realtors or four or five lenders or a CPA giving them business. 
but they wanted to really blow up their their pipeline and their funnel of sphere of influence, whatever you want to call it. What's the practical advice you could give them on that right now? Um, so this is this is an exercise that you know you can do in five minutes. You could you could do in five hours. But what it is is it's stopping long enough and creating. And I don't you know do you have a CRM? Do you have a database? Where, where do you keep all the names of the people that you do business with? Start writing those names down and then start figuring out what your relationship is with that person. Is it strictly business? Is it, are you just a vendor to this guy? Okay. But you like doing business with that person. Okay. Well, now find who in your list is like that person. What ends up happening is you start bunching uh and I call it stereotype, but you start putting people together. You're like, man, if I could clone this guy, first of all, is, you know, he's got the most, everything he owns is insured with me and he refers me, but we have no real personal relationship. It's very, very vendor client relate, you know, uh, very, you know, very static. And so now I'm saying, take that guy. So I'm starting with one name, one person, go through your list and figure out who that person is. Then you're going to start to find characteristics of this guy. And I call it a guy. This could be a guy, a gal, a family. It could be a business. doesn't matter. But what are the characteristics? You start creating those characteristics. This isn't about necessarily demographics. I call these psychographics. So this is now moving into what are the characteristics of this individual that I would love to duplicate that in my business? Because once you start building that characteristic profile, you can now start to go, oh, this guy, this client of mine is that person. This client, of, oh, wow, I have four of these people in my, in, in my client base. And you're like, I would love to work with just nothing but that type of person or that type of business. Well, then they've already laid out the framework for you or the blueprint. Now you start connecting with that individual because that individual guarantee you his friends, his colleagues, his family members, his co uh, co-founders or business partners, his golfing buddies, uh, the the guys that you know he goes hunting or camping with, all start you know kind of are very similar in characteristics and very similar in demographic and very similar in psychographic. So that's where I'm saying you can take one person, nurture that relationship, and they start opening all kinds of doors for you to their, their clients, their circle of influence, people that are just like them have the same, you know, you know, dreams and wishes and fears and desires. Uh, but most people never stop long enough to, to start understanding who they're doing business with and how that can lead, you know, start connecting the dots to a lot more business. And that's why I'm saying, because everyone's like, how do I get 500 new leads? And by the way, I was able to take a client and generate 550 new leads for them in a month, and they never followed up on any of them. So you could have a ton of new leads wow. and not do anything with them, then it's all garbage. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I think that that's a good exercise you bring up. And, you know, I hope people will, will take some of that advice and do that. And, you know, I think it's also the same goes true for, you know, when you're looking through your uh, your referral partners and you have a certain lender that sends you a certain class of business, they probably run around with other lenders that provide that type of service for their clients. And so I think you could do that same model within referral partnerships with CPAs or lenders oh, or realtors. And so I really hope that you know people will do that so moving forward in that, and what does that look like for you once you've got them? And let's say it's a lender uh, in that relationship. Yeah. 
what does that look like? You know, that experience for them. So it, in our, our human nature is to go, what's in it for me, right? Yeah. So if I can connect with this lender, oh, look at all the possible new leads I could get, right? So it's always about getting, getting, getting. Yeah. I go into everything is what can I give the lender? What, what, what do I own? Whether it's my list of 6,000 people or my 10,000 followers on LinkedIn or my 30 years of digital marketing experience or my desire to help, you know, uh, dogs find forever homes, you know, what do I own both intellectually and asset wise, or, you know, even my, my network, who's in my network, I can connect with my lender that makes their life better, that makes their job easier, that makes them getting new clients easier. So I'm always in collaboration mode uh, versus, hey, let's share, you know, let's share leads. or let's figure out a way to, you know, share leads. Let's, no, let's collaborate. Let's create something that generates a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz for both of us. And whether it's a teaching program, whether that's a, a charity event, whether that's, you know, uh, picking, you know, like if I had a lender and I said, hey, how many uh, businesses are your clients? How many clients uh, that you have uh, actually own businesses? So they're entrepreneurs or business owners or whatever. Is there something we could do to help those, your clients find more leads in a recession? great, then let's put on a two-day workshop, totally free, just for your business owners, and let's go out and make their lives better. Well, that makes the lender looks like the savior, right? People are like, wow, you put this on? And then, you know, it doesn't have to be me. We could go out and find really, you know, four or five people in my network who are really good at Facebook ads, who are really good at TikTok, who are really good at video marketing. You know, what are the pain points of that lender's clients that we could probably solve. And then all of a sudden we all look like we're, you know, we come in on a white horse, right. Versus, you know, the typical people are like, how can I get this guy to give me some new referrals? I gotcha. So I, I you know, I, I like that. And I always talk about it in the sense of adding value, you know, what's your value right. add to that referral source. Uh, but in your top eight, I will tell you, that's why it's, that's why I built a top eight and a top 50, a top eight. I reach out to almost weekly. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and so I like that. And so let's, uh, as we're winding down a little bit, let's focus a little bit on insurance. If you can put your, your client hat on for the insurance. What, one of the things that we talked about in, uh, you know, before we recorded was, um, the insurance agents, the way, you know, they're leaving a lot of money in the table and you feel like pretty strongly in this. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, what insurance agents are doing right now, the way they're treating certain people in order, you know, to make you feel like they're leaving a lot of money on the table. What does that look like to you? So, and, and I don't want to just single out insurance agents at this point, um, because it's a lot of business owners. It's realtors, it's financial advisors, it's you know guys that are in the mortgage business too. But at some point, um, and again, we get busy. Um, we are trying to juggle a lot of things, uh, family, and you know, and you know, just trying to deal with just life, right? Um, but this is where having systems and processes and a framework to follow helps a ton. But I believe that. Most people leave so much money on the table because they look at their book of business. They start, it starts becoming numbers and stats versus humans. And when you can shift that to what do these people, like, I don't deserve a new client ever. I don't care what I've done in the past. I don't care what I can do for you in the future. I don't deserve a new client. Working with you isn't about what 
I'm going to get out of it. It's what they're going to get out of it. So when we start shifting our mindset to understand our clients are humans with very human needs, and we're thinking about them and having the best life that they can possibly have, then we get away from quotas and sales figures because that becomes a prominent thinking, right? We got to hit this goal. We got to hit this. So now it's like, how can we literally, it becomes, how can we get another dollar out of our client this month? You know, what, what are we? And and so instead of saying, what is going to be the most beneficial for them? And that might even be referring them to somebody else, by the way, that might even be showing them the door to somebody else. Um, If they, that other person can take care of their needs better. But I'm saying get back to, we are doing business with humans until you start selling the robots and, you know, T2 Terminators, which I believe is coming. Um, make <laughs> this a very human, uh, make sales. I don't even call it about selling. Just help your customer to achieve everything they want to accomplish in their life. And that means if you don't get the sale, you're cool with that. But also means if you start treating people with more dignity and treating them more like humans, they're going to refer you more because you now become more recommendable, more referable versus the guy that's always calling always emailing, trying to pick up, you know, an extra policy or something. Yeah. I like that. I do. And so uh, I think you're right too. I I think there is a lot of money being left on the table because of of that mindset and you're right. It is other industries, but just for the sake of this, you know, I wanted to lead there, but I appreciate you saying that because we might feel alone in that. Maybe we're doing something wrong in our industry because of that. So I'm glad to hear it's other industries as well. And so I think this conversation, you know, has been really strong and effective, you know, talking because a lot of times people want to come on my show and they want to talk about this latest, greatest new thing to help get new business in the door, or they want to help, you know, this great new thing of this or a new product or a new this. And it's about that. And but a lot of people don't come in and have their business based around building relationships and, you know, focusing on the renewal, the retention and keeping your clients happy and gaining referrals from those happy clients. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. Well, it's, um, you know, how, how should I put it? Call it old school, uh, call it new school, but you know, there's even a lot of Gen Xers uh, that are starting to get into sales and understand now that the the tactics, the tactics will always be there, by the way. And they'll change. There always, you know, there'll be some new fandangled uh, social media that comes along or new algorithm that helps whatever. Those are fine. Take advantage of the tactics. I'm not saying that. But if the core of your business is strengthening those bonds and creating those relationships, um, it is limitless. If that's your focus, it's limitless to the amount of new business you can get. It's just most people flip, they put the heart, the horse before the cart uh, or the cart before the horse. Sorry. So they're always after new business. Um, and that's just a vicious cycle. Uh, listen, none of this is easy. I'm not saying my way is easier because it isn't. Building a business and a profitable business is hard. It's supposed to be hard because the entire world is is literally designed to put you out of business. Just putting that out there, but it's choose your heart. That's what I'm saying. Okay. There you go. Um, I like that as well. And, uh, you know, kind of goes back to, you know, knowing the devil that you brought or know it, whatever that I forget the dang saying, yeah. um, you know, what I'm talking about my audience knows, yep. um, but yeah, it's like, um, so I think there's a lot there that, you know, I want to wrap up with a couple of things about you and, and how my audience could find you if they wanted to. And, you know, any last minute things you might want to bring up as we're wrapping this up, putting a bow on it, what, you know, 
yeah, any last comments you have? And then if you want to share your contact info, maybe a website link, tell them about, you know, Apple Orchard, Refluencer, whatever it might be. Sure. Uh, so best way is to go to appleorchard.io. Uh, you'll be greeted with a pop-up box. Um, our framework is free. Um, we do have uh, uh, a ton of additional content as well. So once you sign up for that, I have a tool shed um, and I don't want to overwhelm people, but basically it's a recession proof uh, um, tool shed. Uh, so go to appleorchard.io and then of course connect with me on LinkedIn um, just to Scott in web. Um, I'll be the only Scott in web, but if you type in Apple Orchard or hashtag Apple Orchard, I'll pop up there. So um, pretty much super visible online um, and uh, appreciate you bringing me on. Um, I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm not here to sell any of your, your uh, listeners anything, but if I can help them, um, you know, retain a new client or retain an existing client and find a new client through their existing client, then man, um, that's what I was put on this earth to do. Well, that's good. Cause that's a big thing that, you know, we all focus on in our industry is retention you know, and I tell people all the time, you know, that's what makes our industry so awesome is you buy a car, you may not see that person for another five years. You you buy a couch, you may not right. see them another 10 years, a house 30 to 40 years sometimes, but, you know, or 20 to 30 years, I should say. Uh, but you buy an insurance policy every year, you're going to talk to them. It's a one-year yeah. contract, so to speak. And so that retention's huge in our business. And so I think that that is a, a massive you know, need that a lot of people have out there. And so I'm hoping that, you know, if that's something that people want to talk to, maybe get somebody from outside of our industry, you know, a perspective there, you might be a great person for them to talk to. So please connect with my man, Scott, you know, talk to him about it. And he and I have had some good conversations on, uh, on DM, so to speak. And, you know, I think he's got a lot he could offer for you. So uh, thank you again, Scott. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, I don't know if that soundtrack will play uh, from Starbucks in the in the episode, but if it does, uh, he's had a nice little Starbucks uh, soundtrack going on in the background. Yeah, I uh, I'll uh, make sure and get a little quieter next time. Uh, you're good, man. I uh, I look forward to connecting again, and I will uh, talk to you soon. Thanks again, buddy. All right, Heath. Thank you. Take care. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for hanging out with us today on the show. I really hope that the content we brought you helped you become a better insurance professional. Scott Webb is not from within our space, but he's done a lot of great things for people in our space. And I, you know, I had somebody suggest him. One of you suggested him as a, a guest on my show, and I'm so glad that they did. Please go uh, check him out. Check out his, his LinkedIn Check out his social media handles. Uh, check him out and uh, continue to email me guest ideas at heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. Guys, if you have an idea for your own show, reach out to my good friends over at getreadysetpodcast.com. Ready, set, podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.